Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Cadre, a nucleus or core group, especially of trained personnel able to assume control and to train others... Broadly, a group of people having some unifying relationship, a cell of indoctrinated leaders active in promoting the interests of a revolutionary party, a member of a cadre, frame or framework. And that third definition, a member of a cadre, seems a little bogus to me because I thought you weren't supposed to define a word with the word. <laughs> but so, so a cadre can be made up of people. Um, it can of be other made cadres. up of cadres. Yeah, I mean, you think they'd you know find a synonym for it there but interesting yeah that's that is neat so i have three like uh, these like vague ideas that are more in my head than anywhere else and they're all very abstract i don't know where you took this i have i have one big idea and i guess i have thoughts on specific mechanisms that would go into the game so i want to hear what you have first okay so i'm gonna just go through each of them so I thought of, and I don't know the term for it. Have you ever seen those games where um, it's like a miniatures game, but the miniatures are on one base? It's like a, they're usually like a Revolutionary War army or something, but it's like six of the same soldier on this little base, and the whole the whole base moves. Yes, I don't know what yeah. they're called, and I was trying to look them up by the term, and I was like, base army miniature games or miniature connected games. I couldn't find any of it, but whatever those games are. First of all, I find them, I feel like it's so, like, boring to me. And, I, you know, <laughs> I look at it and I'm just like, it's like six guys on a thing. And I want, I'm just big on identity. I want every person to have their own little character and everything. But, so I thought of mm-hmm. those those groupings in, in whatever this game is. I thought of, like, an area control because I, I think of any sort of tactical war game as an area control thing. But I thought of those those connected groups growing. So that's your like nucleus, that's your cadre. And as you and part of the definition was um that uh where did I have it written down here? But that they that they also tra- in another definition I looked up that they also train other people and and I thought of it growing. So you mm-hmm. have one of those those little tiny stick of a of a group war game and then more like connect to it and more connect to it and more connect to it. Mm-hmm. So this thing eventually grows and is is working its way around the map as this as this big mess but so that's where that idea kind of ended but the first thing i thought was those connected characters for whatever reason but i thought of um, i what's that i i definitely think about that as well because like i wanted i wanted each of these people to have a personality and so when i when i think of cadres i don't know if like, if you could count, like, a SWAT team as a cadre, is a baseball team a cadre? I think is all there... of that applies, yeah. And so, like, yeah, you don't want to have, like, right fielder. You want to have, like, Daryl Strawberry. You want to have, like, a specific person in this larger group. Yeah. The larger group can be nonspecific or whatever you want, but you want each of these individual people to have personality so exactly. i'm glad you picked up on that too yeah i can't deal with that just we're just an uh, unknown infantry stuck together and we only behave as one mm-hmm. <laughs> i just i that sh- you know that shuts me out immediately all right so here's the second idea and i'm just going to run through these it was something very very abstract where 
imagine a board that's gridded, something like a chessboard, but bigger because each grid would have a little tiny three by three, like almost like Rubik's cube, nine cube uh, cu- uh, square. So every square is made up of these these nine smaller squares. And you start okay. out with your group is, and let's just say we're just playing cubes on on this little chessboard. My group is the nine cubes that are red. Yours are the white ones. Um, I can move them as a group, and they end up going out of the. So imagine the outer squares being very defined, and the inner squares being less defined. So you can see where each each uh, little cube goes in there. I can move mm-hmm. as a group from one section to another, and the group is extremely strong. And if you're trying to take over areas, um, each one the 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 strength in numbers really helps. But then I thought there's some sort of worker of sorts, and they can move as a group, spreading influence uh, throughout. But they can also spread out individually and try to get a wider reach. So your cadre has kind of two things. One is it's the strength in numbers, and two, it's the ability to spread out and and, uh, hit these areas that are farther away. Mm. So so I thought, um, oh, any group where this this was neat, and then the third one's the really neat one. So any group where you have the majority in in the outer square you uh, would either gain them or gain points or gain control of the area or whatever it was. So moving as this group, if I move into one where you have like two or three guys, all of a sudden I have majority there. I take it over. And I even thought of like almost like a zombie mechanic where if my guys touch yours, now they're part of my, my cadre. It's growing. And every idea hmm. I had was like the, this, this cadre has to grow. You know, We have to teach more people as we're going around. Uh, so that was sort of my second idea, which is very vague. But my third idea is the one I'm really <laughs> excited about, which was a board with 100 tokens on it. So same thing. It's, these are all very abstract. A 10 by 10 grid, um, mm-hmm. 100 tokens. And all of them are different colors, and all of them behave differently, and they're all part of different... Like Some are scientists, some are historians, some are teachers, and they all have different ways that they behave. But what you have is this ring... And I thought of it as a square one because I was kind of hooked on my other idea. But just imagine some sort of ring that you can just not throw onto the board, but place onto the board and it surrounds the X amount of figures that you can sort of – let's say it surrounds nine figures. Mm -hmm. When I put that down around those nine figures, that determines how I'm going to work this turn. I may have four scientists, which means I'm heavy on the science this turn. I can either take four science actions or I have four science points for whatever I'm doing. I got a couple historians in there. And imagine like – this group of a hundred people just represents, I said that it represents all of America for whatever reason. And I'm Mm -hmm. dropping this down, getting these groups at a time. And it's sort of forming my own cadre of other people to do, do my work. It's just sort of just forming a group. But I thought of just the, the way that you could like eyeball this board, figure out the nine you want, and then like section them off with this thing. And then they're done. And now you have your ring and you're going to section off a group. And it's an extremely abstract game where you know, if you section off a group that's really close to mine, then your ring doesn't fit. Like you can corner people off so they can't fit a ring around certain people, and then those ones are kind of wasted. I don't know if there's mm. anything like that. It's it, it's sort it, of like it just reminds like, me. It reminds me of a game that I wanted to design with pegs and string, where you're literally uh, like looping string around each of those. That's so cool. That's a great. So, I yeah, like even that like, would, that like, would fit in pretty well. You know, like the dot game where you draw the dot, you connect the, the dots and make the squares. Mm-hmm. Like you could do this just on paper, essentially. Um, right. But I just thought of it that is it's just like you're, you have a defined shape that you're able to create an area with. And within that area 
are people that all they have they do have strength in numbers so if you get four scientists you're going to be heavy on the science but if you get a big variety it gives you a lot of different action types and the whole idea of it was though how you could you're you're restricting your opponent's moves by by how close you go to an edge if there's not a if it, if it has to be if it's a square and it's three by three if there isn't a three by three area then they can't take that area and then things would happen mm. that's as far as i got so i went <laughs> so abstract with it so i'm curious if you yeah know. you really did <laughs> i got hooked I... on this like chessboard thing <laughs> chessboards are like the farthest thing from my mind when i try and design a game that's awesome i played a lot of chess as a kid and i am getting away from it (laughs) um but yeah so so mine actually i wanted to go a little bit more thematic um talking about gathering a group so so the the definition that i worked from was a small group of people specifically trained for a particular purpose so there's three sections in there a small group of people training and a particular purpose so imagine oceans 11 um danny ocean is going around and he's gathering people together for his team and then they run through the scenario to make sure that they're doing it right and then they achieve their job and so these three kind of sections would all be represented by different mechanisms in the game. And so um, I was thinking about deck building specifically, um, but with a lot of deck building games, the cards don't really have personality. Either they are actions or they are very abstract. Um, They don't really tell a story and the cards don't necessarily represent people with like um, Star Realms, it's specific ships, but like they aren't yeah. named. They're just like specific types. And so I wanted, yeah, each of the pe- each of the cards that you get have a personality. Nice. So you can um, so you gain connections with these people as you use these cards over and over and over again. So you get familiarity by playing the same cards over and over. Obviously, you'd want to get more, so it's not all the same. Um, but uh, there has to be with emotional connection, I want there to be negative emotional connections when you lose those people as well. Um, have you ever played uh, Slapshot? No. I don't even know what it so, is. So Slapshot is a hockey game um, was that, was actually, that was actually redesigned by uh, Quan Chai Moria. Yes. Um, the, and he, so he replaced hockey players with... Uh, Figures from pop culture. So you can have a hockey team made up of Yoda as the goalie, Superman as a um, as a player, the Joker as uh, defense, um, that kind of stuff. And so you have this hand of six cards, and there are bruisers in the game. So when you play a card and someone else plays a bruiser, it takes out the, the card that you just played. Okay. And so these people that have been on your team from the very beginning... When they get hit by a bruiser, it just hits you. You're like, no, <laughs> Superman. Out of all the cards that I could have played right then, I had to lose Superman. And it's out for the game? It's out for the game. You don't oh. get it back. And so um, with with deck building, um, when you're building your engine, you get those great cards, those cards that you would really hate to lose you get those cards at the end of the game and so you don't get that emotional connection that much with them 
Yeah, of course. Um, so you and you normally wouldn't lose those cards even if you had the chance. If you had to trash some cards in your deck, you wouldn't choose you wouldn't your choose best it. card. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted uh, getting rid of cards from your deck is not entirely within your control. Um, and then I wanted uh, your... I basically wanted you to start with a deck, grow that deck, and then get your deck smaller than when it started. Okay. Um, so you have this core set of people as other people either get arrested or die or um, decide that the heat is too much and they decide to quit the group. Um, these people leave for certain reasons when you send them out on missions. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I wanted wanted to do was you have you have people, you send them out to locations to recruit more people into your group. Um, you can send multiple people in a group to go to a mission. Certain missions have a chance of risk that those people might not ever come back. Um, and then, so as as the game goes on, you want to get rid of more cards, and so you send them out on riskier missions. Um, so, yeah, that was the thought that I had for Cadre. Have you, um, have you played Charterstone yet? No. So, I mean... What you were saying makes me think of Charterstone in that just, and even like Pandemic Legacy and things like that. Any of those games where you just become attached to your characters, and in Charterstone mm-hmm. you you get these characters in the game, and it's not a spoiler to say that you can carry some over. Um, mm-hmm. it, it might be a game one spoiler, but by game two they allow you to carry characters from one game to the next. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not all; it's basically how you how well you do determines how many you can carry over. Uh, right. It is a hard decision to give them up, and sometimes it's just because of, most of the time it's just because of what they do, but sometimes it's because, like, I did well with this character before, and I have a better one, and I know this one is better for my next game, but this one was so good to me in the last game. This one did me well, and there's a weird emotional attachment where I'm like, I know this one's better, but I can't let this this one go. Like that's mm-hmm. something that you don't see much in games where you, you, if you have a choice and you know one's better, you always go with the better. But that that mm-hmm. carryover is is really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I've so only I'm, seen that I'm, in legacy or a campaign style game, and it, it would be really interesting to see it in a in a single game. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, when playing Super Slapshot, like, yeah, ET is a really bad goalie, but. <laughs> you really want him to get hurt by by other people? Not really. So are you just making up the characters or are they actually in that game? They're actually in the game and illustrated by Quan Chai oh, and they are so cool. awesome. That is so So cool. you can you can download the whole thing on a BGG. Wow. And so it's it was one of the first print and play games that I ever made and uh, it is just outstanding. Just just a fun little game where you play matches against different people, try and score goals, try and figure out the order that they're going to play cards. And yeah, like you get emotionally connected to, obviously part of it is nostalgia because you like seeing these interesting people. And that, I guess that would be hard to build in an original IP where you're not connected, but yeah, legacy elements or naming these people on your own can instill some heart into them so that when they do leave, it just breaks your heart. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that that if you already know the character you cut a lot of that like 
you instantly feel for them. You don't want to lose Superman mm-hmm. because you know who Superman is, as opposed to somebody. I'm sure it plays very differently than the the game on its own, right? Right, like emotionally, I think it's probably mm-hmm. different. Yeah, the other the original version was yeah, just like hockey stereotypes. They weren't specific people, and so yeah, you could see. Oh no, I lost my number twelve instead of oh no, I lost Superman. I want people to be able to talk about the cards in their hand like they were people. That so that familiarity, familiar, familiarity, uh, creating some sort of emotion makes me want to make a game where you have to name characters, but you have to name them after like your real family or something. <laughs> and it can't be something like that's that's completely terribly down or like you know um it can be a positive game but i feel like there is connection when you you have to name it off off some people you know some people just don't want to play something that's based in reality and they want to escape so that's that's not it but knowing superman and knowing like my brother or something definitely gives you it, it cuts out a lot of that that middleweight where it's it's you know you're trying to build a connection to somebody that you don't know and you're going to be done within an hour yeah yeah whenever i would play oregon trail i would always name the people in my family after my real family even though we were not real pioneers <laughs> i was always sad when uh wookie my dog who was a person in the game would die I, I so, got in trouble for calling Oregon Oregon on uh, <laughs> at, on pub over the weekend because there's a street in Philadelphia called I called it Oregon Avenue. It's Oregon Avenue, um, <laughs> and I got yelled at for that. So. Yeah, so it, more emotional connection in games. I am all for. Yeah, I mean, can you think of one that you've had a, had an emotional connection with lately? I'm trying to think. So, I mean, the the games that I wrote down that you kind of the one that I kind of got connected to and it has a group in it uh Castell have you played Castell uh that's is that the castle building oh no that's the the um the, the, the people stack the people stacking i've seen it yes. and and the theme seems amazing and it just it looks really good i almost got to play mm-hmm. it at a uh, granite game summit but it, i just couldn't get into it yeah so you um you gather these people from all across uh uh, region in Spain and you you always keep them kind of face up on the table in front of you and during your other people's turns you're just kind of rearranging your people trying to see how tall they can go um, you don't lose them or anything like that but like you're proud of them when they when they uh, go to certain festivals and like do well even though they're just like these little figures on on the table like this is your group. You have them until the very end. They grow and you see them do so much better from the beginning to the end. And so, yeah, if That's really if cool. I could feel that kind of connection to my little tower that looks a little bit different than your tower, <laughs> um, if I could get, like, yeah, actual people and I'm sending them to locations and they might not come back, and when I find out that they don't... Um, yeah, if if I amp the risk and amp the connection, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's always a goal is that attachment and leaving with feelings and, you know, being able to discuss it when it's over with. That's always a huge huge goal. I've exactly. a goal for me for a long time has been trying to convey fear in a game, for example. Mm. And it's just like other than just the fear of randomness, it's a very hard thing to 
to, to you know put out there, especially for the second play. <laughs> like that's where it gets mm-hmm. really difficult. Yeah, have you heard of a uh, nyctophobia? I've heard the name, but I don't know what it is. So it's a game coming out from Pandasaurus where players uh, play with blackout glasses. Oh, and they're basically yes. feeling feeling their way around the board um, as someone is like chasing them down. So on the other and end, so, have you seen the the twister that comes with those glasses? <laughs> no, that's actually a thing. It's twister with blackout glasses. I believe it was glasses <laughs> or blindfolds or something, which is just like calling for a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So there's there's two different ways you can go about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that sounds really neat. I like anything where your sight is limited. Your you know your, your the, the candle, the you know little peep, like a little hole that you look through, the lasers mm-hmm. that shine and create like anything with like light and and other senses and all, I love all that. Super exciting. Well, I want to make any and all of these games, although. <laughs> chessboard with cubes might need a little bit more theme to that is where i start <laughs> to make it where you can pitch i'm actually i'm i i don't like games with a three by three grid and i just designed one and love it <laughs> so it's like one of those weird things where i embraced something that i hated and now i'm, I'm stuck in that mood <laughs> all right cool. hate three by three grid cunning, I, cunning folks is a three by three i grid. like cunning folk we must have got 30 submissions to our last contest with three by three grids. <laughs> I think I burned out on them. That's what more what it is. That makes sense. All right, cool. Well, this was fun. We will, uh, we'll be back in a week and this is our longest episode by like six minutes. So sweet. Hope you, hope people like that. Up. Cause I had fun. <laughs> Me too. All right, cool. We'll catch you next time. See ya.